to begin with just a few different connections that have to do with this feast and then maybe some reflections on where we are today. First of all, we have no historical documentation why it should be January the 6th, or we keep moving it today as the 5th. But in the East, Eastern Christianity, they began to consider the idea that Jesus was crucified on April the 6th. In the West, it was March the 25th, our Annunciation. And if you do nine months, then Jesus would have been born on January the 6th. And that's kind of how this is the Eastern Christmas. And many of the Eastern rites, Epiphany, more important than our Christmas for them. And so they kind of connect various themes we connect the coming of the Magi. Uh, other traditions have the baptism of the Lord. That's the Byzantine rite. And we will celebrate that next Sunday, the baptism of the Lord. When, when the Lord was made known through the voice and the coming of the Holy Spirit as this is my son. And the third tradition is the famous feast of the wedding at Cana, that Jesus manifested his divinity by changing water into wine. All three of them kind of make up our theology of this feast. So it is our feast because those magi, whoever they were, represent folks who were not Jews, non-Jews, Gentiles. The goyim, as the, the Jews call those who are not Jews. And the first lesson is that the Lord was born to save all peoples, all nations, and we have come to offer him homage. Now, we don't know who these folks were. Magi, yes, it's the same root as magicians. They were probably some sort of astrologers. That's what most scholars think. They probably came from ancient Persia, modern-day Iran. And we've been hearing a lot about Iran. I'll say a few things about that in a few minutes. And this star, I don't know. Some scholars say it was this comet that supposedly came through about 4 B.C., that even our date about when Jesus was born might be a few years off. Who cares? It's not important. But if that's so, they were following this comment. Because we do know that Herod died about 4 B.C., this ugly king Herod. The other Herods would be his sons and other followers of him. So again, none of that matter matters. What matters is that the Lord was born. He came to bring salvation and for all people. Okay. We don't know how many there were. We made them three because of their three gifts. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And I think 
The three gifts are very important. Uh, you probably know this, but I want to make sure gold, we, we obviously know it's a precious metal. Frankincense has to do with worship and prayer. It's our fancy word for incense. And myrrh is a, an embalming resin. It's to help bodies smell better for a little while until we can bury them, which may sound strange. But the Lord came to bring us immortality. In our weak ways, we try to extend life with embalming and all of that. But truly life, once we leave here, is full and it's with the glory of the Lord where we have no need of resins and such. That's myrrh. So the most precious gift, worship, and immortality, those were their gifts. Now, a little bit more about January the 6th. Uh, I lived in Italy for six years, and somehow the Italians took this Eastern idea, and it's on Epiphany that the good witch Befana, which is a corruption of Epiphania, brings candy and such for good little children and coal for bad little children. Now, we Northern Germans, we, we anticipate everything. We do that on St. Nicholas Day, December the 6th. If you're good, you get candy in your shoes. The Dutch do that too. If you're bad, you get cold. So there you go. Uh, an interesting sidekick is at least in Mexico, Los Tres Reyes or Tres Magos, the three kings of the three Magi, bring gifts on this day. Uh, I haven't been to the Zona Rosa in a long time, but during Christmas, the Christmas season, you have these groups of three Santa Clauses, all skinny, by the way, who represent the three kings who are going to bring gifts. It doesn't matter. What matters is that we know what gift the Lord has given us. And what do we bring to him? What are our gifts? That's the key. So I want to talk a little bit about how we bring this light to be a light to the nations, to our world. It's a topic dear to me. Uh, some of you know that I wrote a book on evangelization, came out about two, three years ago. It's still on Amazon. Anyway where I deal with how did the Christian faith spread and spread so quickly. And today, why is it having so much trouble? And one of the things that became very obvious to me was that when we became too political, when we became too enculturated and we were no, no different than the secular culture, and this goes way back to the time of Charlemagne and the Holy Roman Empire and the Byzantine Empire that was finally overthrown by the Muslims and all of that, we lost the idea that the essence of our faith is ourselves and our families, our homes. 
that if we don't begin at home, if we don't make sure that our lives and our families and the people we love live the values of life and respect and truth and honesty, then why would anybody else want to be a Christian? The reason Christianity spread so quickly was because we had more values than the secular rulers. We had more values than the pagans. Well, in the East, I'm going to now talk a little bit about Iran and Persia. That also spread outside the Roman Empire. And many of those early tribes became Christians. And Christianity was thriving even after the event of Islam in Syria and what's now Iraq, Baghdad, and even in Iran and Persia. There were groups of Christians. But in the last 20, 30 years, it's been exceedingly difficult in all those countries because of war and hate. So my final thought is, with all this stuff going on, with the Middle East, with Iran, with terrorism, what's the solution? I think we have to go back to the basic early church solution, is if, if we're going to warm these hearts who are filled with bitterness and anger, we're going to have to do it by an example of love. I'm a Texan. I have this, this tendency that, you know, if somebody takes a gun to a, a situation, you take a bigger gun. That, but that doesn't solve the problem, does it? Don't think it will. Wars haven't seemed to solve most anything. The early church did not fight wars. It loved. It honored marriage. It took care of the children that were born. It did not abort babies. It lived for honesty and truth and were martyred when that was not possible. So amongst the many possible solutions on this epiphany, we have to let our light shine brightly and to say, we know the love of the Lord. He came and he died for you and for me. And even if you don't know it, I know it. And I lift you up in my prayer throughout the world. All nations will adore the Lord if they can see his goodness in us. So that's our challenge. What kind of light are we? How are we loving? How do we treat our family, our children, our spouses? How do we treat our co-workers? Are we perceived as honest and trustworthy? And if the atmosphere and values of where we work or where we associate is not holy, is not of value, maybe we need to consider going somewhere else. I think those are serious questions because our very salvation depends 
on how we have served the Lord. So let his light shine. Let us give glory to the Lord. And every nation on earth will adore the Lord if we but shine the light brighter.